experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. Um, it is August 28th, 2023. Um, and uh, again, uh, welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We're bringing, we're we bring you the people and the organizations uh, that are fighting for liberty around the country and in your neighborhood. And today we have a special guest with us. Um, we have Terry Gilliam, uh, of the uh, creator of the Facebook groups Leaving California and Life After California. Um, because, you know, California is just one of those places where I guess we've, we've messed up liberty so badly people just can't get out of here fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, uh, before we get into that, let me introduce you to the rest of the panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a uh, retired engineer in the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. In our lower left-hand corner, we have our special guest today, Terry Gilliam. And my name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host today. Um, so, <clears throat> leaving California, let me bring up the web page here. Uh, James, can you, uh, our invisible hand, James, can you share it? Uh, yeah, so here we go. Uh, it's leaving California, and you know, it's it's sort of a phenomenon, I guess. Uh, uh, it's It's got over 100,000 uh, uh, members, uh, and uh, also to the life after California, and it's sort of this, this I guess, groundswell of people getting together to help each other out, figure out ways to get out and uh, the easiest way possible. So, Terry, do you want to tell us a little bit about your page and, and, and what the purpose of it was? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Jason. I was uh, born and raised in Florida, but moved to California in 1986. California was always more expensive than any other place in the country, but it was a relatively moderate uh, politics-wise, cost-of-living-wise. Um, and then as time went on, as more and more elected leaders took the the state in a direction I was not happy with. Uh, many years ago, I saw the, the state starting to fall apart, um, not just economically, but also politically. And we got to 2018, and I said, I can't be the only person in this state who's not being driven crazy by the, the politics, the cost of living, and the direction it's going. So I said, in September of 2018, I said, I'm going to start a group called Leaving California, and maybe I'll, I can get a, a few hundred people who also want to think about leaving. And that's really the genesis of it. And it grew organically. I used to just post articles in there about businesses leaving. Even back in 2018, a lot of businesses were already leaving the state. And uh, that was followed, of course, uh, this is before the pandemic, uh, but then things really took off. And then right before the pandemic, I started hearing from people who had left and I said, well, shoot, I'll start a, a second group called Life After California so that people who were considering leaving could look and see what life was like for the people who had left. And let's face it, most people are leaving because they have to, not because they want to. You guys are all in California. You know how beautiful it is, the weather-wise, uh, geographically, uh, everything else. And so people are leaving because they have to. Feel like, they feel like they have to and not because they want to. And, and just to characterize the problem a little, uh, you know, this isn't something we're just imagining here on the show. Um, this has been in the news quite a bit recently uh, where, you know, California, uh, the, the population has declined for the first time in, you know, over the last few years. It's it's first time in almost forever, you know, since we became a state. Um, and uh, in fact, I did find this uh, interesting um uh, website uh, put out by the National Bureau of Economic Analysis, and just to show you kind of like what the what the population trends are, this is sort of comparing California and Florida, since those are sort of two in the news. And so this is sort of the historical trend lines of of population growth. You can see California has started to tail tail off. It's been declining, uh, where uh, Florida is is kind of still going gangbusters, uh, and they adjust that for. Uh, uh, population indices, uh, indices around 1958. So you just see, uh, you know, how it's growing percentage-wise since then. And you can see Florida is just, you know, uh, really killing it. And here California is really starting to taper off. So, um, yeah, this is, this is a real thing here. Uh, and it's a, a shift in political power. And, yeah. 
So anyways, uh, yeah, I, I, sorry, l l let me hand it back to you guys. I, I just wanted to kind of let our audience sort of see visually what's so going Terry, on. So Terry, are you, are, are you, I mean, I know you have already left and you know, you now live in Florida, but are there people who, who instead of leaving, choose to, who are choosing to stay and fight? The system that we have seemed to get ourselves involved with because uh, we are all here in California. Well, I'm not in California physically right now, but I live there. And um, the place really stinks, right? Literally and figuratively. So uh, are there people uh, are there people there out there? Are you in touch with any groups out there who are willing to stay there and fight to, to change things? Yeah, it's a great question, Leon. There is a very small percentage of people who are choosing to stay and fight. However, I will tell you that I fought for years. I would go to um, Tea Party meetings. I would go to Republican uh, committee meetings, things like that, while I was in California. I didn't really see, and again, I don't really equate the California Republican Party with conservatism or with liberty. I think they've rolled over and, and they're just uh, lukewarm or, or milk toast when it comes to politics. So really, to me, it's the conservative movement that's needed there. And I just didn't I didn't see it happening. You look, you know, when I, in my district in the East Bay, Bill Baker was my congressman out of Danville uh, in the 80s, early 90s. And he was a very conservative Christian man. And he got thrown out of office, never to be seen again uh, because he was replaced by a liberal Democrat. And and that just kept happening. Uh, you know. You know, every time we come to an election, it it just seemed like uh, every election to try and uh, put someone in office who was going to turn the state around in the right direction, a Ronald Reagan or somebody like that, they just got obliterated. And so I, I don't personally, I don't see it changing anywhere in the, in the near future. But what, but what, what do you do? Could we attribute this this to? I mean, the results. <clears throat> excuse me. The results are obviously in. We are in a mess. Our major cities are in, in, in horrible shape. Everybody can see that. I mean, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento, where I am close to Sacramento at times. I mean, everywhere you turn, you see in this homelessness, this, the streets are, I mean, crime is a real problem. The legislator is doing very little. I mean, what what do you attribute to the fact that people are seeing all of this going on and still putting the same people back in office? Well, I think it starts with the education system. You know, my I raised two uh, young men in the East Bay. Um, I left two years ago. My youngest was 16. I will tell you that for years in the school system, they were trying to indoctrinate them. They're, every one of their teachers was a leftist. Uh, every one of their teachers was teaching that California is the wave of the future. Uh, and so I had to fight that. Now, they're both conservative Christians to this day, but it's because their dad focused on making sure they weren't indoctrinated, that they got educated. So I think it starts with the with the uh, school system. But then also, if you're putting people into office like Gavin Newsom, you're not you're not looking for liberty. You're looking for more dependence. Um, you know, I don't believe they really want to solve the homeless problem. I think they just want more money for it. I, I really think it comes down to, and I said this in other interviews before, I look at the state of California government as believing that the public serves them, not that they serve the public. And they, so they want to implement all of these policies and make this the, the perfect place on earth utopia, but it's doing just the opposite. It's creating a dependency class. It's creating a massive amount of homelessness, Leon, like you talked about. It's creating, you know, illegal immigrants are welcomed. Let's give them driver's licenses. Let's give them medical. Uh, let's give them free education. You're not going to turn that ship around until someone, until the public says this is wrong. Now, but by the same token, I worked in technology in the East Bay for many years. There were multimillionaires who worked at these some of these technology companies I worked for. They were as far left as they could go. Yes, And they said, we just need more of what we're doing now and uh, more taxes, more government, more regulation, and that will solve everything. And so until that changes, until people wake up, I don't think it's going to change. It'll just continue to head down the 
direction it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let me kind of uh, uh, show the viewers a little bit, because if you're, if you're not, if you haven't lived in California, you may not realize what an absolute monopoly the Democrats have control over this state. And so, uh, James, maybe you could bring up uh, Cato's Liberty Map. So uh, this is uh, a map Cato puts out. We've used it on the show before. Uh, this is the first time we've uh, looked at our own state of California because <laughs> uh, usually we're talking to people in other states. Um, but um, you can see here that California of the 50 states, we rank 48th overall on their <laughs> Liberty map, which is, it, it's, it's actually, I'm kind of surprised we're not 50th, but, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's not going great. And part of the reason why is because it, it's, it's pretty much a monopoly of uh, Democrats running it for, generations uh not just for four years or eight years i mean this is uh you know many decades uh here you can see their two senators uh for the house it's mostly democrats uh, uh by by a fairly large margin um you can see to the leadership within the state um it's uh uh it's almost all uh democrats for uh statewide uh, you know, uh, executive positions. And for the legislature, it's a fairly wide gap as well. Um, so uh, you can see that it's just massively blue uh, and all this. I mean, look at this, 62 Democrats to 18 Republicans and no independents or no, no libertarians, <laughs> so, yes. unfortunately, yeah. and that's in the state assembly. So so that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. And we're, we're, I think we're seeing that after many decades, this is this is kind of what happens in some of these places. So I, I don't know if any of you guys wanted to, to jump in any farther on this issue of, of sort of what it's looking like here politically. Well, if I can add, I, I believe also that the, the labor unions, both private and public, uh, they determine who's going to be in office. They, they throw so much money. If you remember back during the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, term where he had five propositions to try and denuder the labor organizations. And they threw all this money at it, basically saying that, uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to kill baby seals and puppies. And the, the public completely went against him. And if you, re uh, if you recall, he said, I've learned my lesson. And he went completely far left at that point, uh, further left than he already was, by the way, I didn't support Arnold Schwarzenegger at all. But further left than he already did. And so I think the labor unions really determine who is going to be the governor, who's going to be in the legislature, because they have so much money. You look at the teachers union, all the money they have to throw at elections. And unfortunately, people, because so many have been indoctrinated, they believe the, the hype, you if you will, about why we need to have more of a Democrat uh, liberal policies in the state, which again adds to the why I believe it's not going to turn around anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that was one of the issues, too, I was going to bring up later in the show, maybe about reasons why people are leaving is when we had COVID lockdowns, uh, we we locked down the kids for longer than just about anybody else. I mean, we kept kids out of school for about a year and a half or so and uh, really did some serious damage to a lot of their futures. Oh. And the and the unfortunate thing about all that, we locked down the kids and the um, well, the teachers unions got all this money to supposedly reopen the schools. They didn't they didn't they didn't spend it that way. I don't know why the teachers unions were given that money in the first case. But the thing about it is that while all of this is going on, the politicians were getting their hair blown out. Um, Gavin Newsom was dining at the French Laundry, and all these other things were going on. The politicians were skirting the laws. The, the, their own uh, COVID laws while the, the kids were being uh, denied an education that they, they're legally entitled to. It is, it is so disgusting. Well, I can add to that too. My son was uh, 15 years old in the lockdown, so he was a junior in high school. And they went from, of course, six classes a day uh, till two o'clock or so in the afternoon to six classes for two and a half hours online, 30 minutes per class. And almost every teacher who's still getting full pay, almost every teacher said, today it's self-study. Here's your homework assignment. Here's your assignment. I want you to, and so during the two and a half hours, they're doing homework. And then yeah. they're expected to do a lot more homework after that. Yeah. They're not learning anything with that. And, and not to mention, as you said, Leon, the, the social aspect of it, they need this, to learn how to deal socially with each other. It, it was just a disaster for a year and a half. Right. Meanwhile, here in Florida, which has significantly higher test scores than Cal 
California, significantly higher. Uh, they opened up the schools relatively quickly, and you know it's been life as normal for pretty much uh, shortly after the, the lockdowns were were released. Right. Right. Yes. 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 Well, you know, is that a sort of a common uh, thread that you've heard a, a fair amount of people saying they've left? because they, they want a better place to raise their kids in? Is, is this, uh, you know, kind of a common common theme? Well, it's certainly a, a, an important part of it. And people like myself know that the schools are indoctrinating children. Uh, you know, really, it's a straw that breaks the camel's back. You, you can, okay, everything costs more here. That's one thing. Okay, taxes are higher here than almost anywhere else in the country. Uh, but the weather's still beautiful. It's still 80 degrees in July. And then it, it just everything just keeps adding on to it. The more regulations that keep getting added, you know, now you're looking at uh, well, I'll, I'll share this with you. So we had a huge growth in January of 2022 because the state came out and said, we're going to socialize medicine. We're going to take medicine. We're going to do away with private health groups. Our groups were growing at a thousand new members per day when the state did that, because people know darn good and well that the same people that run DMV are going to start running healthcare, yes. which is an absolute disaster. And so we grew exponentially at that point. I think we're going to see another one as California comes out and says, you know what, parents, you have no say in what gender your child is. Right. If we convince your child that they need to be a different gender, and that's what they're doing, by the way, they're convincing their children, children that they need to be a different gender. And I don't know, it, tell me that's not a war on children and parents you have no say in that and if you do fight it we're going to take that child away from you because we believe god made a mistake and instead of being a boy they really should be a girl which again children have should have no say in any of that you know it's just the fact that all of this just keeps coming up uh is ridiculous and so i think you'll see parents leaving very quickly then too if they if they really do continue down this agenda of this whole transgenderism. Um, yes. I, I, I agree with that. I certainly do. I certainly do. Yes. Um, another factor, what do you think of the factor of what's uh, on the agenda for cars uh, in California, where oh. I can't remember the actual date, uh, target date, but the well, 2035. <laughs> is, is it 2035 for the? Yeah, it is. It's supposed to be, yes. Yes. Where yeah. uh, no longer will be, you be able to buy a gasoline powered car. So, uh, what do you think about those kinds of things? Probably it's more of the same, right? Just Absolutely. It's not ready for prime time. And look, as, as someone who left two years ago, you know the saying, as California goes, so goes the country. My biggest fear is that the liberal agenda and the regulations and everything else that happens in California is going to move to the rest of the country. And so that's my biggest fear is that the rest of the country, whether it's a, a liberal government, federal government, is going to mandate the same thing. We absolutely are not there yet. You, you look at what the CEO of Ford just went through when he was trying to drive his electric vehicle uh, a long distance. He said, boy, do we have some challenges ahead. I just heard the story the other day of someone who had their electric pickup truck, Ford electric pickup truck. Uh, they drove it, uh, I think it was about 350 miles. They had to stop for four hours to charge it. They spent $45 to charge it. And then they only got 200 miles out of it, but yet their journey was a thousand miles. We're not there yet. And this whole mandating all of this stuff, rather than letting technology catch up, and by the way, I got no problem with fossil fuels. Fossil fuel, you cannot beat, other than nuclear, you cannot beat the power that's contained in a gallon of gasoline. It comes nowhere near the abilities of electric battery, not to mention all of the mining and all of the chemicals and all of the dangerous chemicals that go into creating a battery and disposing of it when you're done with it. So I, to me, it's all just part of the, the agenda that they're just – uh, cramming these regulations and rules down our throats that they have no business doing. Well, that, that leaves me uh, to the next question. As a as a pilot, I would appreciate it if the California state government could uh, do something about gravity and make that illegal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> uh, in the same sense that they're, they're trying to make these, um, you know, get rid of fossil fuels and make them illegal, essentially. Um, is uh, 
what do you think about the future pushback that's that is bound to occur when these ideas are found to not bear fruit because people are just not going to want to drive an electric car they're not going to you know and so there's going to be pushback there's there's going to be a lot of pushback so tim that's exactly right and the four of us sitting here know that it's not going to work of course so how long do people wait for the pushback and the longer they wait for the pushback, the harder it's going to be to have that pushback. Right. So we know that that's not going to work. 2035 is a, they, they pulled it from air, plucked from air, this sure. number that's not going to be ready. And yet we know that. And this, by the way, this is what I did 20 years ago in California. I said that regulation is not going to work. That policy is not going to work. So we're, we're already on that path. So your question is valid. Are people just going to leave and say the heck with it because they're not going to change it and too many people keep voting the same thing in or or are they actually going to change it? So I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, um, I, I would assume that if you're in the uh, 1920s uh, living in the United States going through prohibition, you'd probably think, oh, the end of the world. And But there was pushback, 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 and then eventually they repealed that ridiculous law trying to basically <laughs> – have a law against gravity uh, <laughs> in a different sense. But here's, but Tim, let me just say, uh -huh. the government and educators have the public convinced that if we don't do this, the planet's over. We're, they're yes. telling all of our children because of global yes. warming, climate yes. change, all this sure. other garbage that they shoved down our throats. Yeah, sure. And forgive me if you believe in it, but I don't. I believe that if the no. if the planet climate's changing, it's not because of me driving a car. I'm sorry. Right. But but if you think the climate the climate is always changing. I don't know what this nonsense is if you want the honest truth. The climate is always changing since the beginning of time. Amen. We used to have an ice age in this country, right? Yes. A thousand feet of ice in North America. How many SUVs stopped that? None of them because there were no SUVs. The climate changes all the time, of course. So, but if we've convinced children that it's because I drive a car, because you drive a gas-powered car, the earth is going to end, you're indoctrinating those kids who will vote and say, we have to do this. I don't care how much it hurts, which, of course, um, gives the government all the power they want and all the, the things. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the scary thing is, too, what we saw with COVID is yeah. that if you didn't That's believe true. in some of this, you know, yeah. whatever it was, the That's narrative. global change. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Warming, cooling, but, warming, cooling, warming, yeah. cooling, last uh, 11,000 years. Yeah. Oh, was that yeah. before the internal combustion engine? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the thing is, if, if you didn't agree with whatever, like, you know, like if, if Tim shows this, then apparently he's guilty of misinformation, right? You know, yes. <laughs> you know and, yes. and and this is, uh, you know, one of the scary things that we're seeing. And it's, uh, you know, places like California that seem to be all in on that kind of stuff. But, uh, Jane, maybe you could bring up the, the visual, because since we're talking Talking about regulation, um, we have a comparison here of the most heavily regulated states. Uh, so uh, maybe our invisible hand, if it hasn't fallen asleep. <laughs> uh, well, it looks like our invisible hand is uh, taking a break. So. Uh, oh, there, there, there it goes. Um, so, so anyways, uh, one of the things here, this is a U.S. Uh, U.S. News and World Reports, I think. Um, they're showing the the states with the ten most uh, states with regulation, and of course, it's the states that most people are fleeing from. You got California, New York. Uh, it looks like Ohio, Illinois. Uh, surprisingly, Texas is actually in that list too, and and uh, in I, I guess. Uh, oddly, Florida, too, you know, but uh, you do have uh, Massachusetts and Oregon. So a lot of the usual suspects that, that people seem to be fleeing from are in that uh, group. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, just to jump on your point as well um, of, of some of this stuff, not only like when, when they did this electric car thing for 2035, not shortly after they announced it, then they told people, hey, the grid is overtaxed. Don't charge your cars today. <laughs> and and it, by the way, too, it's not just cars. Uh, lawnmowers are a thing now, too. So, I mean, that's uh, one of the things we're, we're finding a lot of uh, uh, 
people who do garden work are going to have to, it looks like some of them are probably going to go out of state to wind up buying stuff in other places and bring them in because they're not going to allow them to sell uh, this new gas powered stuff anymore um, after I think it's coming up within a year or so. so. Sorry, Jason. In that case, California needs to come up with inspection stations at every single uh, road and freeway that comes into California to make yes. sure you don't have a gas-powered lawnmower and leaf blower. So we just need more government to make sure we're saving the planet, um, you know, yeah. one car at a time. So, yeah. That, and and this, this is the ridiculous thing that is happening, is that all of these policies they talk about, whether it's bringing in wind and solar, whether, you know, the lawnmower issues and all that kind of stuff, all of these power... This road, all of those roads lead lead to one central junction, and that is enhance government power. Central power becoming more and more powerful. Our our lives, our liberties are being uh, being subdued, all in the name of whether it's climate change, when there's a transgender issue, whatever it is. Central power is taken over, and our liberties are being crushed and diminished, all in the name of saving the planet. God help us. Amen. Amen. Hey, Terry, before we get into any of the other issues, I was curious, do, do you have a, a particular narrative that you've heard uh, that's really struck your you know, interest of somebody that, that really stands out, somebody who's leaving California? Because you must have seen a lot of them at this point. Oh, there's thousands of people who've left. Uh, I'll tell you, the first one was Jerry Brown. It's like Jerry Brown kissed my you-know-what, and now it's Governor Newsom. Because people look at the narcissism in these two leaders and how they, they do no wrong. And just as Leon said, hey, if, if I'm Governor Newsom and, I, and there's lockdowns everywhere and I want to go to the French Laundry, it doesn't bother him a bit to go to the French Laundry and do what he did because he's above everyone else. He's not part of the masses. Um, so that's what people are escaping. It, it, the, the saying goes in our groups, I left California and moved to America. And people love the freedoms that go along with Tennessee and Florida and Texas. I'll t- Tell you a lot of people moving to Tennessee. They uh, that's a big state that um, a lot of people go to. You can still get five acres and a two thousand square foot home for under four hundred thousand dollars in some places, and that's very appealing to a lot of people. They're not dealing with traffic like they used to, and that's the other thing. Think about it. Because of this whole uh, war on cars, they're not improving the freeways like they need to. I, isn't I five still between? Northern California and Southern California is still just two lanes both ways because they're spending billions and billions of dollars on a high-speed train that's not going to ever leave the station. So all of these things that are needed for infrastructure and improvement aren't getting done, uh, just like the electric grid has caused fires, uh, the massive fires in in Northern California, for sure, um, because they're not improving the grid. I have to break in right here for sure. our public access group. Uh, if you're watching us on public access television right now, uh, this is all the time we have here for you. But we're continuing the conversation online. So if you want to keep listening to what uh, we're talking about here, find out more about uh, you know Terry's perspective on why people are leaving California, uh, go check us out online at Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, Spotify. Um, and uh, we got uh, this conversation and a lot of other ones for you to listen to there. Um, so anyway. Okay, well, we're back for uh, everybody else. Uh, uh, so uh, go ahead with your story, uh, uh, Terry. Yeah, so it's just that the, the infrastructure is not getting improved because they want to get away from um, uh, traditional power plants, traditional power lines. They want to go to, they think that for some reason that solar and wind are going to generate enough power to run the fourth largest economy in the in the world, and it's not going to happen. And even if you remember, Newsom was going to shut down that nuclear power plant over there on the coast. And at least he wasn't, at least he was smart enough to not do that because the Abloh Canyon. That's right. The Abloh Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when they built a nuclear plant in Sacramento, what, 25 years ago or so, that thing didn't run more than five years before they shut it down because yeah. of the, you know, they, they just assumed it was going to be another three mile island or uh and by the way, there's a little anecdote to that. One of the things that pushed that over the edge uh, with people, you know, they, aside from the irrational fear on nuclear 
was the the issue that uh, apparently they caught a few people smoking marijuana who were working. <laughs> Nowadays, of course, that that wouldn't even you know phase anybody. But back well, then, it was a big deal to people. Yeah, it's medical marijuana. So Doctor Rude says I have to smoke marijuana on my my shift. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but the bottom line with all of this, the bottom line with all this, wind and solar are not viable alternatives to fossil fuels. They are not. There is no way these things could compete with the, just like you say, with the energy content, uh, the, 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 the energy embedded in, in fossil fuels. Wind and solar cannot compete. And still these people are pushing this thing down our throats and lying to us and telling us, oh, it's going to be so nice and wonderful. We're going to have no emissions or anything like that. And, and everything will be so great. But the fact of the matter, it is, it's, it's a lie. It's a big yeah. lie. That's right. That's right. Uh, if I could revisit that question, and, and thanks, Leon. Um, I agree, by the way. And if I was uh, to revisit that question of why, what's the main reason why people are leaving California? I would think that it would boil down to, for most people, uh, the cost of, of living here yeah. is so high that they simply can't afford it. Is, that's right. Is that, and it, it, is yes. that, could that be close to number one or is there something else that's tops that? No, it absolutely is number one because even liberals are leaving because of the cost of living, right? So you've got, um, now those who are of the conservative nature like myself, we know that it's politics that causes the cost of living to be so high. The example I'll use is when I moved to California in 1986 from Texas, gas was less in California than it was in Texas in 1986. Today, it's easily $2 a gallon more. Well, that's not because the, the oil companies want to punish Californians. It's because of taxes and regulations. And I get the new blends. I can remember being in Los Angeles in the late 80s when you couldn't see the mountains because there was so much smog. I get the new blends. But the blends aren't the only reason that, that gas is so much more expensive. Every Jan July 1st, right, the, the um, gas tax goes up. And now you've got the climate change tax. You've got the, uh, the, the penalties that go along, the taxes that go along with that. Uh, and all that money going to that bullet train again that's never going to leave the station. So it, it, all of that costs... And by the way, that's a union payoff. You know that's just for the unions. Yeah. If they can employ all those union guys. It's yes. not because... I mean, I, I'm sure there's a huge demand to drive, ride a train between Bakersfield and Merced, right? <laughs> well, and, and the problem is you, you can't even ride it, and we've spent billions on it already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember, it's only going to be $12 billion. Yeah. Now we're over 100 yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. But, but, but you can drive by it and look at the eyesore of this, you know, <laughs> all of this partial work that's been done. But, uh, James, real quick, maybe you can bring up the visual, because we've touched upon some issues of cost. And so I wanted to, the, the viewers to be aware of, of some of the disparity that Californians face uh, uh, among other states. Uh, so average housing price, uh, this is the Motley Fool site, and this is uh, a couple months ago. Um, and they were looking at the average housing uh, price in, in by state in 2023. And so for the United States in general, the average price was about 416000 is what they were saying. Um, but when you look at California, California, the average is seven hundred and almost seven hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, for somebody who's maybe making forty or fifty thousand a year, that just seems like an awful lot to you know tell somebody that they're going to have to. Uh, shell out that kind of money to i mean you can see on the kind of the other end of the spectrum you got a place like alabama and it's only uh two hundred and twenty thousand. so there may be some reasons why people want to live in california over alabama but my gosh four four times the <laughs> almost four times the housing price yeah check uh, out why yes yeah 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 so that, that's certainly one thing but another Something. thing too that's really weird is that there, there's this big uh uh I guess way uh, wealth disparity that's happening here in California. And this is a place where apparently they do everything. They say because they're looking out for wealth disparity, you know, and, and they're trying to do all this micromanaging, uh, top-down control of the economy, trying to uh, gear up for this stuff. And yet, according to Cato, um, uh, that 
California is the worst. Yes. <laughs> we have the worst poverty rates. And I think uh, for wealth disparity, we're, well, we're, we're right up there near the top. I guess uh, we're not quite the worst, but we're, we're really close to the worst. So uh, uh, New York, I guess it looks like uh, might be the worst for wealth disparity. So it's just like, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything that's working. And it just kind of keeps making every every everything bad or you guys want to jump in on any of this stuff uh, so, socialism never works i, I mean the, the all the all all we are following here in california is is this trend towards more socialist policies and more socialist outcomes but we know the outcomes of socialism it's a total disaster if socialism was so good and wonderful the soviet union the soviet union would have been the the greatest place on earth to have to, to live but we know what happened to them right we know what happened to them after 50, 60, 70 years of trying their damn nonsense. And this is what California is following now. Now they have different names for it and they're trying to make it sound a little bit better and this utopia is going to make it so nice and wonderful. Socialism doesn't work. The only equality it produces is misery. And that's what exactly is happening in California right now. Well, Leon, you look at uh, Venezuela 30 years ago. Venezuela was a thriving country with a thriving middle class. And today you can't find toilet paper in the stores in Venezuela because they've they've gone to the extreme of socialism. Right. And and so the the more government you have, the more the more regulations, the more uh, top down um, decisions being made the more you're going to have an upper class and a lower class. You're not going to have a middle class because they can't afford to pay the bills that the uh, state mandates and causes everything to be so expensive. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. You know, another area too, uh, that's right along these lines is taxes. And so, uh, you know, apparently California is also one of the worst uh, states in terms of ca- taxes. This is the uh, taxfoundation.org. And uh, California is apparently the second worst in the nation uh, for uh taxes per capita so uh it's about uh, it's a little over six thousand dollars and um apparently uh and just to give you that contrast i guess with some place like alabama again they're uh under three thousand dollars per per capita so it's a much steeper uh you know a tax burden on everybody living here than a lot of the other, other places and actually there's been a little bit of news in the past uh about trying to say that texas is actually worse than california but i guess cato took a look at that and they said hey you know that's not really a true statement uh they said that they were they were taking some average assumptions that weren't really you know uh, quite right and they weren't really calculating the 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 sales i guess they were trying to uh, say as experienced by a median uh um, family but even then they wound up playing a lot of games to make those numbers sort of work out for for the narrative i guess so uh but you can check out that story with cato uh if just in case you're you're hearing uh, another narrative out there <laughs> so. well jason i'll tell you the, the one thing that that is high in texas is is property taxes yeah. but you know what they do with their property taxes they build first class schools with those property taxes and you get a great education in texas compared to all that money that goes to the schools in California that creates indoctrination camps. Uh, I, I brought this up recently also in another interview. So, so Florida has 69 school districts. Do you know how many school districts California has? 939. Whoa. 939 superintendents, purchasing agents, assistant superintendents, offices, school boards, all of those, 939. Wow. So California spends $23,000 per student but the vast majority of that is going to all the bureaucracy, all of the overhead that goes along with the 939 school districts. And think about it, when all those uh, two, three, $400,000 a year employees retire, they still get paid at a very high percentage of their payroll, of the uh, payroll that they uh, had when they were working. Yes. That's where the money's going. That's why you have failing schools, not to mention the fact that they're, they're run by you know, indoctrination uh, camps instead of educating them on the real world yes 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 oh lord wow i didn't i, I didn't realize the disparity was that was that large in terms of the number of school districts yes and, and florida has significantly better test scores than than california if you look at it california's got um uh forty thousand dollars i'm sorry forty thousand students per school district california has about less than seven thousand students per school district <laughs> Yeah, I'll say as a comparative uh, point uh, in 
Today, we have 44 generals in the United States uh, military uh, compared to seven in World War II. In World War II, the force was eight times larger than our current force of 1.2 million. So similarly, and in exactly the same economic fashion, uh, we're seeing this gargantuan um, number of, of people uh, being supported you know, both in the military and then in in California's school system, uh, a bunch of. <laughs> that's one reason why it's so expensive to live here. Well, Tim, you also you need to have a general of diversity when you're in the military, also now. Oh yes, oh uh, yes. Who can make sure that you can change your gender while you're in there? Yes. Uh, it's just like in the prisons, right? You got to make sure you have people who can can change your gender when you're in prison, also. Yeah. Um, so that the rapists can go live with the women. Definitely. Yeah. You know what's funny about that whole issue of diversity in the military, too, is that it seemed like that the whole point in the military was to try and remove people's diversity when they yes. came in to make them all the same. I mean, they literally give everybody a buzz cut. I mean, just go even watch movies like Stripes and others, and you know, they just yeah. take all your hair off, and <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they want to make you as similar as as everybody else, so that you you don't have you know essentially differences to fight about. You're you're all part of the same group, and I, I, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just. <laughs> Yet, yet another indication of kind of the clown world we've gone into. Um, it's just that yeah. it's just that the poison, the poison of, of diversity and equity and all these other things, the poison have infected the military also. Yes. Imagine these people are supposed to fight for us to keep our sovereignty safe, to fight for our liberties, and and what they're worried about is my skin color versus yours. That's what they're worried about now in the military. What is going to happen when we start to fight a real war? You think the enemy is going to care whether I'm black and you are white? That, that is what they think? The enemy is going to care about that? They're going to well, care about you're... whether you can shoot straight. That's what they're going to care about. That's right. And they, and are they going to care if you're, if you're gay or straight also? But also, Leon, to that point, is that people are not joining the military now of a normal background because they don't want to go into that mess right. with the military. They want to go in to, to learn to... to be the traditional military and if it's not traditional they're not going to join it's a volunteer right. force yes. and they're not going to join yeah. well you, you know what one of the other areas too that is i guess scaring the heck out of people who are longtime residents of california is what's going on with homelessness and crime and james maybe you could uh, bring up a visual on this as well uh so th this is uh it, you know, th these pictures in this article don't really do it justice, but I wanted to bring it up because it was a CNN article. <laughs> so, you know, just to say, hey, look, you know, this is, this is, you know, sort of clown, the, the, the cult news network. And even they recognize that, you know, <laughs> uh, that this is a problem here in California. Say, hey, California has spent billions to fight homelessness and the problem's gotten worse. And I remember when Gavin Newsom was mayor of uh, San, uh, San Francisco, um, I believe he promised that, uh, you know, you know, in 10 years, they would end homelessness there. <laughs> of course, you know, now all, all he's done is failed upward. Now he's the governor. <laughs> and, and the problem has pursued him throughout the state. So uh, it's, it's just absolutely nuts. But, um, you know, this is just sort of the norm now. If you live in California, you're used to seeing people just sort of straggling out across the street while you're, you're you know, it's almost like you, you're playing a video game where you have to dodge them. <laughs> as they're they're coming around and um uh yeah and it's it's really sad too you know lots of people living in their rvs and stuff because of this high cost of housing it's just absolutely obscene but this has also led to a lot of crime and we just had uh um, the um uh the National Federation of Independent Businesses on the show to talk about retail theft but again just to to you know, shake your memory. I mean, you know, it's the, the numbers are absolutely staggering of how much, uh, you know, theft is, is occurring. I mean, it's, it's literally in the billions that, you know, and you're just seeing these stores, you know, get hit one after another. And it's causing these places like San Francisco to look like ghost towns down there. Yes. You know, you, you walk down market street and, you know, everything's boarded up. There's, there's almost no business going on because, you know, Hey, if you, if you're running a shop, the the police aren't going to do anything. They're just going to let people go in and grab under a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And, you know, it's too bad for you if you're the store owner and, right. uh, you know, a lot of them are just taken off. Uh, you guys have any, any thoughts on this? 
Well, this all started when they passed the proposition called the Safe Neighborhood and Schools Act, which actually decriminalized theft. Yes. And and it uh, it, it made it to where and also the fact that you you have these George Soros George Soros DAs come in who will not punish crime. Uh, they don't blame the criminals for the problem. They blame society for creating criminals. And so therefore, it's not their fault that they're stealing these things. And so they're not going to enforce the law. Uh, and so it, it just creates this dystopia, really, where you, you don't have a civil society anymore. You've got criminals who can do anything they want to. Uh, and then as far as the homeless case, the, the narrative that I saw years ago that continues to this day is that if we just gave them a home, the problem's gone. No, they have drug addiction issues. They've got alcoholism. They have mental health issues. Are there people who are homeless because of economics? Absolutely. But that's a small minority compared to the people who just want to be on the street, drink alcohol, take drugs. Unfortunately, with the fentanyl crisis now, a lot of them are ODing. And and you saw it during the pandemic. They turned all these uh, hotel rooms in San Francisco into homeless uh, shelters. And they're building meth labs inside the hotels and everything else. They're addressing this the wrong way. It's not about homes. It's about addiction issues and mental illness. And until they acknowledge that and and approach it in that direction, it's not going to get any better. Because I can guarantee you the rest of the country says, I can move to a place where it's 70 degrees in the summertime and I can sleep on the sidewalk all I want to and drugs are free. That's where I'm going. So that's why more than 25 or 30 percent of the entire homeless population in the entire country is in California. You know, and this and this is so true what you're saying. You know, this is so true because year in, year out, we are spending spending billions of dollars on this homeless on this homeless uh, problem, billions of dollars. And the problem is only getting worse and worse and worse because you are absolutely right what you're saying, that they are treating the wrong problem. They are always treating the wrong problem. It's uh, just like you said, drugs, alcohol, mental disease, that is what is plaguing the homeless, homeless, but the ho- homeless population. But yet they continue to, to, to give this narrative, oh, we just have to give them a home and everything will be all right. It will not be. It will That's not right. be. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too. One of the stories I, I thought I'd bring up just briefly, too, when we talk about uh, crime in California, and I, I was actually uh, hoping to pull up the video before, you know, the show, but uh, I was having some technical issues. But, uh, you know, kind of like, the people running the state, I guess, having some technical issues all the time. But anyways, um, you know, so I was having uh, this issue. But uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, back during the pandemic, they, we actually had train robberies were a thing happening here in California, where people would just literally um, attack the trains like it was the Wild West, I guess, and and start looting all of the container cars that were there. And so they would just leave these these crazy messes all over the, the tracks. I mean, this is just all stuff from places like Amazon and other uh, retail sellers online that, you know, stuff coming from China, whatever. And it's just littering the tracks when these people were, were just breaking into uh, the stuff. And so Gavin Newsom actually came out and, uh, you know, he, he, I guess he felt like he needed to make a photo app out of it. And so he, during the interview, he said, uh, you know, these, these gangs of thieves, you know, we've got to do something. And then he stopped and says, no, wait, I apologize. These, you know, I shouldn't have used that, that, terminology gangs um you know in, instead these groups of folks that are still <laughs> I mean, if you can't even be honest with the language about what's happening how how can you expect to solve the problems here you know it's just <laughs> absolutely you know clown world delusional it seems like well and you um, wonder why people think it's beyond uh, help to to stay and fight it, you, your fight that's what you're fighting that that's uh just a, a perfect example yes how, how far does he have to change to realize that these are thugs, that these are criminals. And, and yet he's, you know, you know, there's going to be a Democrat's going to be the next governor of California. So he was going to feel the same way, if not worse. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's why people leave. Yeah. 
I, I think it had to be very disheartening for people who were residents here when they had a recall of Gavin Newsom and Larry Elder just, you know, he I, I guess he couldn't get within 10 points of him or something. I mean, it was a fairly large gap, I think. Uh, and it's just like, you know, how bad do things have to get? <laughs> I mean, do they have to get Venezuela bad before they're willing to throw the bums out? Well, Jason, don't forget, you also, you can have same day voter registration. You can have uh, harvest uh, ballot harvesting. You can go into a homeless camp with ballots, register them to vote, help them vote for the right person. Um, you know, the, the system is very much in favor of the, the incumbents um, based upon how the voting regulations go, which, by the way, is another scary thing when you consider they, they're trying to do the same thing to the rest of the country. And uh, in my lifetime, again, in, in the 80s, we had a Republican governor and things were relatively moderate. But now that's why I don't really see it changing, because I think the system is is fixed for for the foreseeable future. Yeah. That's, well. that's right. On, that's right. On 1489. This whole thing about the voting is really a scary problem when you think about it, because right now our southern border is open and and there are a bunch of people who are just walking across the border. Nobody seems to be doing anything about it. And some of these people are going to end up be voting in elections before they're even eligible to vote. This is a real well, problem. Well, Leon, if, when you, you, because they give illegals licenses, right? They give them a driver's yes. license. And when yes. they go and get that license, they ask them if they're a citizen. If they say yes, then they get sent a ballot, is my understanding. Yeah, so right. illegals can absolutely vote in California. You know, one of the last uh, big areas I wanted to talk about, about the things that might be pushing people over the edge to leave, uh, was what happened during COVID. And we've sort of skirted around that uh, throughout the show. But, um, you know, it, it's absolutely nuts, some of the stuff that went on with COVID, where we kept kids out of school longer than just about anybody else. Um, they literally would uh, chase people down who were jogging on the beach, you know, <laughs> to stop them from, from doing this kind of stuff. I think they were uh, also cracking down on religious gatherings, even though you could you could gather if you wanted to ride and loot, but you couldn't gather if you wanted to have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a service uh, yeah. in, in, in your cars, even. I mean, some of these people were literally gathering in their cars and, you know, kind of like a drive-in type of thing, and they were still cracking down on them. But uh, it's it's kind of scary because there's talk that we may be headed back in that direction. And, and of course, um, you know, uh, COVID, uh, they would say, and that was uh, one of the things that caused a lot of people to to shift from from one state to another uh so terry is is that kind of was that really the big explosion on a lot of this just covid is that really what just pushed so many people over the edge yes um uh, first of all the mandates were a big push but also because businesses started saying hey you can you can work from home forever and so people why why live in california where your cost of living is so high when you can move to texas tennessee florida not have a state income tax, and then also uh, buy a house for $500,000. It's going to be twice the size of the house you sold in California for a million dollars. I'll also add this. If you see vaccine mandates come back, you're going to have another mass exodus. There, There is concrete evidence that these vaccines are hurting people, especially the young. Yes. Why, do you think, why do you think athletes in their 20s and 30s are dying from heart attacks? It's because of their taking this vaccine that is just – uh, first of all, now they're not saying that it's going to keep you from getting it anymore or from being contagious. Uh, I, I think when it, it, if history accurately shows us uh, 10, 20 years from now, they're going to sh see just how harmful this vaccine was. And the fact that uh, and in fact, I asked a, a doctor who uh, a, a pediatrician who has stopped doing the vaccine. She, she moved from Washington State to Florida because Washington State mandated the vaccine. And she said, I've seen the dangers with young people with myocarditis. And I said, well, why does the C CDC not show this? What, what's their intent? She said, Terry, every head and leadership in CDC, when they retire, they go work for Big Pharma. They are not going to upset Big Pharma. They, that's, that's their future employers. That's their show up for work once a day and make a million dollars a year. And that's why they're going to continue to push this vaccine and all of these mandates that that are absolutely useless, which, again, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's just another reason to go live in a free state. Indeed. 
Indeed. Yes. Well, Terry, when when somebody does finally get fed up and they want to make the move, roughly how long does it take them to to do that? I mean, what's the mechanics of that like? Does it is it like maybe you know uh, maybe a few months, half a year, and and you know is it a huge cost burden too to do these things? Well, it depends on how long you've lived in California and if you owned a home or not. If you bought a house back in the '80s or '90s, you're sitting on a ton of money, um, so you've got a lot of equity. I think most people start thinking a year out. Uh, and again, they ride this emotional roller coaster. In fact, we had somebody in the group. They went uh, to Arkansas. They put money down. So the offer got accepted. They went back to California, and their family convinced them to stay in California. So, you know, it's a lot of times you're leaving family. You're leaving the best weather on the planet. You're leaving a beautiful place. If your house is paid for in California, you know, and you got a lot of money in the bank. It, it is kind of hard to leave that. I can see, I can understand that. But then again, a lot of people want to go and leave and be free. So I would say years probably the the best part. We also have a ton of people who say, "I retire three to five years from now." A lot of them are working for the state of California. They're going to have big fat pensions, and they don't want to live in California where that pension doesn't go very far. They go take their California pension somewhere else and. And make money from uh, for living, uh, you know, in a home that's free and clear, and living a good life uh, outside of the state of California. Yeah, indeed. Yes, Terry. Yes. It generally, is uh, are you seeing that people are pretty much happy with the choices they make once they decide to leave California? Is there much buy? Is there any kind of buyer's remorse, or are they, you know, just loving it? <laughs> well, most people love it. Uh, you know, there are there are more challenges when you move somewhere else, especially weather wise. I will tell you, Florida in July and August, it's not hell, but you can see it from here because it's hot. <laughs> it's hot and it's humid. In fact, tomorrow night, we're getting a tropical storm here in central Florida. There's going to be a hurricane on the coast. Again, but I, we know it's coming, right? My pantry's yes. loaded. I got plenty of water. My dog's got their food. Uh, I got a generator. I, I'll take that over a, uh, an unexpected earthquake anytime. But no, people certainly leave. There, there's a change of life. Um, especially weather-wise, uh, and beautiful wife Florida is very flat. So I, you know, but I will tell you, there's nothing like freedom. There is nothing like leaving California and living a life much more free. I don't worry about. Uh, well, I have no state income tax. I got an automatic raise when I moved here. I have no state income tax. I have a governor that's looking out for the people that's serving the people versus the people serving the government. It's just a whole different way of life. And we get literally thousands of people who say, I left two years ago, a year ago, six months ago. I love it here. So there are people that miss the weather. They miss their family. Uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're certainly going to take a lower, if you have to change jobs, you're taking a lower paying job because the rest of the country doesn't pay like California. But that's a very small minority compared to those who just absolutely love living somewhere else. Again, I left California and moved to America. I think yes. that says it all. Well, so you said you said there's a hurricane coming in. Where is this hurricane coming in? Uh, it comes in tomorrow night. It's uh, supposed to hit uh, the uh, west coast of Florida, up in the up, up in the uh, Big Bend area. They call it uh, uh, starting uh, Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and it's going to be. They say it's going to be a Category Three, but you know we'll get a lot of rain from it here in Central Florida, which. Rain never hurts. We don't mind yeah. rain. We right. got plenty of room to put it. We got lakes everywhere. Everything's green year round here. We don't, you know, doesn't turn brown like it does in California. I'm sorry, golden. They call it golden, right? It's golden, not brown. Yeah. You yeah. get a golden state. Yeah. Yes. Get it yeah. The brown state just doesn't sound quite as good as the golden state. Golden state, yes. <laughs> well, you know, you know, on, on that, uh, on that. Um, I guess unoptimistic note. <laughs> do, do you have any hope for California? I guess, and and are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with as well? I think if California, as we get closer to this twenty thirty five, I think, and California has more power failures, more uh, the cost of living continues to go up, more of this socialism. Really, that's what it is: it's socialism, totalitarianism where the government runs everything, I, I think as you get to that, um, either you're going to have a, a, a big continuation of the, of the middle class leaving, which means you won't have a middle class in California because they can't afford to keep paying those bills, or you will finally have enough people 
who realize that they've had enough. I'm not that optimistic. I don't, I think people will just leave. It's like I said, I fought it for a long time and never got anywhere. By the way, I'm involved in politics here in central Florida too, because I do not want the same thing to happen to Florida that happened to California. So uh, anyway, with that in mind, um, uh, I'm not optimistic for California. My goal now is to keep the country from going that direction, which if we're not careful, it will. Yes. Yes. Very good. That's true. Well, uh, I, I'd like to, uh, oh, by, by the way, James, can we bring up Terry's page again one more time so people can see it? Uh, so it's uh, check out the Facebook page, Leaving California, and also you can check out the page, Life After California. And like I said, it's a it's sort of a community. You can get lots of information from, uh, you know, not just, just Terry, but all the people who are there yeah, just yeah, volunteering their information, just, uh, you know, trying to help each other out, uh, you know, and kind of ways that you don't really see happening in California. <laughs> yeah, Jason, Jason, if I can add to that, I've got a network of 350 realtors that can help people sell their California home and help them buy their home out of state. I've got 350 of those realtors uh, already vetted and ready to help people. Also, I've got uh, vetted movers, mortgage people and insurance people. Uh, so that, and especially moving, you got to be very careful with movers because you don't want to deal with a broker because they're probably going to rip you off. So I've got a, a, a network of movers that also can help people uh, move away from California. So we're, we're trying to be a turnkey for everybody. And can they find that information on the Facebook page as well? Under or? the files tab. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today, Terry. And uh, th I'd like to thank our audience for joining us today. Uh, two for sort of another adventure in liberty and talking to the people and the organizations who are fighting for liberty across the country and in your region. Um, and before the next show, think about what you can do in your neighborhood. Maybe you can start up a Facebook page to help people organize for liberty or there's something else you can do to be part of the solution because we definitely need everybody in the fight. <laughs> uh, so thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, stay tuned and stay free. Yes, indeed. Terry, thank you very much. Yeah. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.